lock it up. What is going on, Kentuckiana? Welcome to a new kind of sports show. We got Triple Threat Talk, our third week here on 1450 AM, the Sports Buzz. I'm here. My name is Gary Lockard. I'm rocking it with my partner in crime, Jimmy Biggers. Jimmy, how you doing tonight? I'm doing just fine, Doc. I, I want to let everybody know I do have a little breaking news. Breaking breaking news. It's yeah. my favorite term, especially when it happens on our watch. Exactly. Uh, this just in, Dustin Johnson is still in the 18th green. <laughs> wow. <laughs> is he going for the for the million putt to get off the, the turn in? I think that so. That's going on. I think, I think so. at that point it's just referred to as a cup in, right? Yeah, I think, <laughs> at this point he's exceeded his stroke limit. It's also what his wife said. Oh, wow, it uh, could be, could so, be. So we got a we got a great show tonight. We do, we do. Um, I, I think well, I think maybe the best thing to do is to start off. I guess with I think the most riveting story of the week, at least I the fact that I went to Monday Night Raw without the, you. The fact that you went to Monday Night Raw without me. What were you thinking? I mean, well, see, had I known uh, I was going ahead of time, I think I would have asked Trevor to go. But uh, as far as asking you to go, that was probably out of the question. Thanks. What's your appeal to Trevor? Trevor, I think I, you know how last week you were talking. To to Jimmy here about his man crush on Tony Stewart. I think I think you might be replacing Tony Stewart. He's got a picture of you over his bed. Do I need to sign his car before I leave? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, no, I, you know we were talking before the show. I'm curious why he didn't ask me to rob. Kind of a little upset. I mean, I would have gone. See, there you go. It was kind of a last minute deal, Trevor. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. Last minute. It's two hours away. It couldn't have been that last minute. You had to have. You ordered tickets. You drove two hours to get there on time. True. So you had to have some planning involved. Last minute being like what you decided a week before that you're going to go and you no the day of basically. Okay, the morning of. No afternoon. Afternoon. Pretty he, much. He didn't think you were awake yet. No, I was awake. I was here. I would have left the shows. So I would have just bounced out of here early. And, they would he would have just said okay you guys handle the place on your own produce on your own I'm out of here yeah exactly no, yeah. that's okay it's like let let Nick run the board on his own he can take care of that's it. right <laughs> TJ's got it all under control TJ's it's all good it's all right don't 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 don't, don't uh, include me on anything it's not like I controlled your mic or anything from over here <laughs> that's true you do you that you do and that you do breaking news Jimmy's mic has just been shut off <laughs> so. But now the, the big story of the week, I think, is uh, is Pete Rose. Like, so we got to set the scene here. So way back when, when this whole gambling controversy was started with Pete Rose, you had some evidence sealed up, kind of like the Area Fifty One file is. So you know, so as as the statute of limitations expired, you had reporters foaming at the mouth to get their hands on this book that was part in the evidence of a you know of a of a national booking scheme. So, they get their hands on this book. T.J. Quinn. Yeah, thank you. So, they get their hands on this book, all right? I was just kind of going to go broad with it to, to elevate the story. Because right. by this time, everybody knows the characters but, involved. It's kind of like it's kind of like Jurassic like, Park. you got to give credit where credit's That's due true. with the gentleman that broke the story. But but it's it, it's kind of like Jurassic Park right now, you know? Like, you, you may not have seen it, but you know the characters involved, <laughs> so... True. But, you know, it's... You know, so... So they get a hold of this book, and for the last, you know, I think it's 10 years now, to, to be more specific on this one, is that 
Pete Rose has been saying he never gambled as a player. Okay? So it, it turns out now in this book that particularly in 1986, he when he was a player manager, he did gamble on a couple of games, but never to lose. He never said the Cincinnati Reds would lose. He just bet on the team to win. So you go ahead. You look so, like you're going to say something. So are you saying that because he bet on them to win, it's le- it's legal? It's okay? I, I think you've got a better chance of it flying than than betting to throw the game. Because if you if you bet on your on your team to throw the game, you, you're done. I mean, like you've got no hope. But but a rule is a rule here. I mean, no, the rule yeah, clearly states. Sta- okay, here is the rule that is 21 D. All right, all this stems from Rose's violation of, of alleged. We have to stay alleged still, of alleged violation of Rule 21 D. The text of which hangs in every major league clubhouse. Okay, and I quote: Any player, umpire, or club official or employee who shall bet any sum whatsoever upon any baseball game in connection with which the better has no duty to perform shall be declared ineligible for one year. It goes on. Any player, umpire, or club, or league official, or employee who shall bet any sum whatsoever upon any baseball game in connection with which the better has a duty to perform, so has, shall be declared permanently ineligible. Now... So there you go. The but, rule clearly states if you bet and you have a duty, which Pete Rhodes had a duty, he was a player, so therefore he broke the rule. It's pretty set in stone. Oh. He did break the rule of gambling on baseball. And here's 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 the gray area. And there is a gray area even though it's set in stone. The gray area here is eligible for one year, uh, uneligible for one year of play. Permanently ineligible from play. He is not playing. He is retired. He's 76 years old. He's got, he he keeps on, he keeps on keeping on. I think the ban is reinforceable from that of a baseball standpoint, which I mean by if he goes in to say, say the, the Cincinnati Reds, I want to buy the team. No, you're banned from baseball. The Hall of Fame, however, is for the fans. The Hall of Fame, however, is for the greatest and with the stats, .303 hitting average, 4,256 hits, 1,342 RBI, 14,053 at-bats, 3262 games played, there's no argument. He's one of the best. He's in the 4,000 club. He's one of the best. He clear And people want him in the Hall of Fame. So the Hall of Fame is for the fans. The Hall of Fame is for the greatest. He clearly is an example of both because people want him in there. Now... You asked me earlier off the air. What did you ask me? I asked you, would you take Pete Rose and put him in the Hall of Fame over guys like Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Rafael Palmeiro, and guys like that from the that like with Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds, they have Hall of Fame type numbers, but their numbers are tainted due to the fact that they allegedly took performance enhancers or PEDs. Now, my answer to that was this. Yes. I put him in over all of them, and here's why. As you said, PEDs taint your numbers. PEDs can increase, can can influence the outcome of a game. PEDs can do everything like that. Gambling on a game, unless it's to lose, if you gamble on a game to lose and your team loses, you probably threw the game. You gamble, if you bet on your team to win, doesn't affect the game. 
So what's the problem? He's Yes, he did gamble. Yes, he did bet. And if he were still playing, I would firmly attend to the fact that he should be permanently ineligible from playing. I would not permanently ban him from the Hall of Fame because, like I said earlier, the Hall of Fame is clearly for the fans. It's clearly for the greatest. If he's one of the greatest, you got to put him in the Hall of Fame, especially since his betting did not impact the games. That's That's been my, my stance on this from the day one. And now that this comes out, it's kind of like the Tom Brady thing in, in a way. Tom Brady was not was not very forthcoming at the at the get-go of Deflategate. You know, people started talking, and we're going to talk Tom Brady later on because some big news happened in this later the, earlier this week. You had things going on where he was not forthcoming with evidence. Pete Rose denied, denied, denied. He was not forthcoming with evidence. So if anything, I think this is going to slow down the procedure. I think this is going to slow down a door opening. I don't think that the door is permanently shut I think since he was at not as forthcoming, though, I think this slows down the progress. I, I, I do think that once people get over the wow factor, their eyes are kind of going to be open and see, you know what? He bet on the games, yes. He didn't bet on his team to lose. He wasn't putting his team at risk. And the rule states about people playing the game and like permanently ineligible from playing the game, one-year suspension from playing the game. He is not playing. He is trying to get into the Hall of Fame. To that point, though, if you hearken back to the 1920s with the, the Black uh, Sox, the Black, Black Sox, Shoeless Joe Jackson put up ungodly numbers in the postseason, and they were all thrown out of baseball for betting and fixing games. But in that case, he was doing everything he could to help them win. Right. I mean, he had tons of home runs. He had RBIs. He was playing his keister off, but yet he was still thrown out of baseball. And that was a whole team. Exactly. That's, yeah, that was a whole now, team, not with, just one person. Now with this well, Pete actually not a whole team. There well, were some players. Like For example, the second players. baseman was a, yeah. was a young kid who ended up having a Hall of Fame career. And Joe Jackson did have the only home run in that entire series, made zero errors, and hit over 350. Point well there taken go. there. There yeah. you go. So with that... Pete Rose bet on baseball, but he only bet on the Reds to win. Right. He didn't bet on the the Reds to lose. Right. Okay. Well, a rule's a rule, in my opinion. He he broke the rule. Right. Barry Bonds knows PEDs are illegal. He broke the rule. Two similar situations. There's rules written for both things. It's two different rules. They were both broken. In my opinion... If you put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame, you have to put Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame. And here's why. Your your justification of to put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame is well taken. I, I agree with you. He put up Hall of Fame numbers. There's no doubt about that. And he did bet, according to this document, only for the Reds to win. Barry Bonds was involved in an era where everybody and my grandmother was taking PEDs. And... His numbers were Hall of Fame worthy. We didn't know that at the time. When we were captivated with the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa home run chase and would would Barry Bonds break Willie Mays' record, all we knew was, wow, this is insane. This is a sports performance like any other. So in my opinion, Barry Bonds and Pete Rose both deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. 
first of all, Barry Bonds' career numbers uh, were, were Hall of Fame caliber before he supposedly took PEDs. Second, by your original start of that definition, then you would let Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame because while they were taking PEDs, those those said PEDs were not banned by Major League Baseball at the time they weren't taking them. And they were PEDs. They were unethical to take, but the Major League Baseball did not have an official ban on them. And that's why so they weren't officially breaking any rules. And that's why I think they deserved to be in the Hall of Fame because because now, now Rafael Palmero was busted taking them after they were, were were found to be illegal by MLB, and that's why he was of course suspended and forced almost into retirement at the end of his career. Now. Here's the thing, too. Whether or not before baseball banned or did not ban the use of PEDs, PEDs still reflect the outcome of a game. Gambling does not. Now, like I said... So does the spitball, but there's pitchers that are in, from the dead ball era that are in the Hall of Fame that use the spitball. It's true. Yeah, So and gambling does affect it, the it, outcome of a game. If you gamble to lose, if you bet on your team to lose. Well... How do you know he didn't gamble to lose? He, he could have. The whole document, his bookie, the, this book belonged to his bookie, and Pete Rose acknowledged that he only did business with this one bookie. So that's it. I mean, one, his ledger's there. But okay, if, you, if you're Major League Baseball, you can't make it a gray area with this. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm for Rose being in the Hall of Fame, but if you're going to say gambling is bad, you shouldn't be like, oh, but it's okay as long as you gamble on your own team. Yeah, I, you, I, can't have, you can't have it in a gray. It has to be black or white, it, yes or no. But see, here's the thing, though. Because that opens it, a Pandora's box that you do it, not want to get into. We're not talking about, once again, keep in mind, we're not talking about him playing anymore. If he was still in his 30s and 40s and wanted to still play, I'd say no, never. But we're talking about having him join the Hall of Fame, which I said is for this, as we all agree, is for the greatest and is for uh, and is for uh, the, the fans. But run by Major League Baseball. But run by Major League Baseball. So that's so in saying that, to Trevor's point, it's run by Major League Baseball. He is banned from baseball, so henceforth the Baseball Hall of Fame is also included. I'm guessing that would be Major League Baseball's stance on this is we run the Hall of Fame. Yes, it's for the fans. Yes, it's for the greatest. But it's definitely, you know, it's, part of the ban is he can't be in the Hall of Fame. So if you want to get in reaction, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, feel free to do so. Join us on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line, 384-1450. We're going to talk more Pete Rolls after the break. And we want your phone calls on it. And we got BW3 snack packs to give away too. Absolutely. So uh, we'll get more into Pete Rose and a lot more as well. Right after this, Triple Threat Talk on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Tell you now, this field ain't ever been plowed. But that don't mean it can't. It just ain't happened yet. But baby, you seem to see past the weeds. So before you take a chance on me, let me warn you what you're gonna get. Go on, Trevor. Sing along now. You can do it. You know the words. You were singing last week. So, so last week we were leaving the studio, and uh, Trevor is talking about his time when he worked at Lone Star Steakhouse, and there was this song. 
that we couldn't think of. Like we're we're out there in the studio parking lot, and it's like, oh my god, what's the name of it? And finally, I dug it up for him. That was Gary Nichols. Uh, and I sang that. His song was stuck back in my head for about three or four days. <laughs> and then suddenly, for some reason, I started getting the Lone Star birthday song stuck in my head because I started thinking about the th- days of working at Lone Star. <laughs> I used to have to clap and saying, happy, happy birthday. This is your special day. We're glad you came to Lone Star. We hope you celebrate. Uh, wow. <laughs> the only reason I got out of doing that, this is uh, you'll appreciate this as a wrestling uh, friend, a, a friend of mine that's still a friend of mine that lives in Iowa now that worked with me there. And, uh, we we decided to just go 100% like full all out on these and just go nuts. <laughs> so the manager would just get mad at us and stop asking us to do that. birthday songs. So we'd come out clapping, Ric Flaring, wooing as loud as we can. <laughs> and, uh, and finally, after uh, a couple of those times, the manager was just like, listen, guys, if you're, you're not going to do it right. Just you know, <laughs> No birthday songs for you. We're like, oh, man. Because he made it sound like we really wanted to do it and had fun doing it. So. Uh, good every, 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 little like, kid, okay. every little kid who's listening to this show that has celebrates their birthday at, like, Texas Roadhouse or, you know, wherever. Which they're all, all the same. All, all their... All their dreams were just shattered because you just said you all didn't want to sing it. Everyone thinks they're all enthused. You just you just pulled the veil over their eyes. It was very similar. Have you ever seen the movie Waiting with yes, uh, with Ryan Ryan Reynolds? That was that not to that extent, but that was one of the the straws that broke the camel's back with us allowing to be able to be involved in the uh, birthday singing. Was we the kid didn't start crying like that kid in the movie, but he just had this look because. You know, in the middle of the song, my buddy's clapping. He's like, "Woo!" Like screaming as loud as he can. <laughs> we're going nuts. Like we're just at a sporting event, just won the Super Bowl. I mean, it was, it, it was entertaining to everybody, especially at the bar who was drinking and all of our coworkers. But uh, some of the customers, especially the kids, didn't like it too much. Hey. Three eight four fourteen fifty. If you want to be part of the show, absolutely. Um, we've got we've got snack packs, as we were saying before we went off the air. Uh, courtesy of Buffalo Wild Wings, you get five uh, five free wings with these. Uh, no other purchase necessary, so you can just go in, cash in, and be like, "Give me my wings, yo." We 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 have to uh, rebuke something that we said in the first segment. Okay. Well, apparently that the whole first segment we could just throw it out. Oh no, because apparently Pete Rose it's is good time to tell you I didn't record it right. Huh? <laughs> uh, well, Pete Pete Rose is in fact in the Hall of Fame. Yes, he is. He's in the WWE <laughs> Hall of Fame. So for all these people that are clamoring for him to be in the Hall of Fame, he is. he's in. He is. He's, he's in the Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame. Unfortunately, the Wrestling Hall of Fame is, doesn't have an actual physical place to go look at uh, contestants, even though they are in the works, I think, having that done. Uh, we, we, we did have a texter text in during the break that said, Pete Rose needs another pile driver. <laughs> 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 Yeah, if you want to, uh, if you want to jump in, like you said, three eight four fourteen fifty. You can catch us on Facebook, Triple Thread Talk. Um, we got Twitter. What's our Twitter? I never. What, at, I, I don't Twitter at Triple Threat Talk One T. Okay, that, that is our. That is our. I know you're not a tweeter. I don't. I don't tweet a whole. I have. No. A, I have a Twitter account, but I. I don't tweet. So I just. Uh, you know, it was one of those things that I remember you and Brandon said. I pretty much had to get a Twitter account. Yes. And I was just like, no. You do I don't. tweet some. I'll give I, you that. I, I, I retweet whatever you tweet out. Usually, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so Trevor, I got to ask you. We were, we were talking about this, and I wanted to get tweeting. your opinion. I don't, I don't do it. <laughs> if I ever tweet, it's usually when I'm on the can. That's the only time I tweet or Facebook message. <laughs> That's an image I don't want. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the next time you see a tweet by me, you're thinking, huh, Trevor must have had a big <laughs> lunch. <laughs> 
we 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 were comparing uh you know Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire to Pete Rose and how both you know how I thought all of them deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. What's your take on the steroid Eric type guys and uh, if they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame or not? Uh, I, I here I'm going to play uh, the the hypocrite when I said it needs to be black and white with gambling, but with this. I think it's a little bit more gray situation because there's two things, a couple things. One, Major League Baseball didn't give two bleeps. They were letting it go on. They just wanted to do anything they could to rebring back baseball after the 94 strike, which killed a lot of people's interest and even including mine to a degree. But two, also, another part, two, two other three parts. Two, as I said, some of them weren't actually banned by baseball. They were looked at as cheating, but not officially banned when caught was it, i.e., Mark McGuire, when he was originally found with having the creams in his locker. And three, but goes against it. Guys like Bonds, McGuire, I don't know as much about Palmero. I've never been a huge fan of his, but some guys I think deserve to be in for even their numbers that he did in the careers they had before they were caught taking steroids, and clearly before they were on any kind of steroids. Now, McGuire may have always been on them because he was with Conseco from the beginning, and we all know Conseco was handing out needles like he was in New Jack City. But with Bonds, he was already <laughs> a, a three-time MVP before he was even, you know, before his head ballooned up, you True. know, like a melon, and he joined the Niners at some point. I don't know why someone just called me. My phone was on vibrate. That was actually uh, DJ Yates that's calling me out to tell him what was going on. But that's that's. I would put Bonds in. I'm glad Greg Maddox finally got in. I thought he was one of my, the most dominant pitcher of an era. I think the pitchers, especially from like Maddox and some of the others, I think are getting a pass into the Hall of Fame a little easier because. They don't think they were on steroids except for Clemens and for the fact that they had to not only have good numbers but deal with the fact that a lot of players, most of the players were juiced up. Right. Uh, that, that, and, and I think you're right there. That that makes a good sense. Good point there, Trevor. We do have a caller on the line, so let's go to line one. We'll talk to Gary. Gary, welcome to Triple Threat Talk. How you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing all right. How you boys doing? I'm doing just fine. Uh, I, I think I know who this is. You all- <laughs> You don't know who this is. This is not another Gary that you know. Anyway, there's no there's no gray white area for betting on baseball. If you bet on baseball, you're banned from baseball. And as far as the PEDs, if A. Roy thinks that he's going to get away with sitting down a year, come in, everybody forgot all about what happened. Oh, you're forgiven. You're in a three thousand hit club now. Welcome during the Hall of Fame. It's all bogus. Not going to happen. I, so, I what's agree. your response? I, I agree with the PEDs part of it. I, I agree with it. I, uh, you know, like I said, PEDs physically impact the game. But and like I said, we're not talking about we're we're not talking about a suspension from playing the game. I'm, I'm talking about a, a suspension from playing the game. I'm not talking about you know like if like I said, if he was 30 years old, 40 years old, and still wanted to play the game, he's gone. He's history. He's toast. But you can't ban him from the Hall of Fame when he's putting when he put up Hall of Fame like numbers. Now, what? Well, I, the year that they're the year that they're uh, referring to, he was player manager. He was player for manager. The Reds. Yes, that's so, true. So, player manager, you know that that doesn't matter. I mean, it'd be like a pitcher going out tonight saying, "Well, I'm really not on. I think I'm going to call a bookie and see if I can get some good odds to sell this game." But the uh, thing is, no he, he, he didn't throw the game, though. He bet on his team to win. He was, if anything, he was encouraged by his own his own talent. But that's where you can't have the gray, is what, right. what Gary, what, too, is trying to right. say. Yeah, that you, you right. can't have There's the no, gray. The, right. It's the rule. There's, in basketball, if you walk, supposedly, 
they call you for walking. Depends on what level of basketball you're watching. Strike three in baseball, you're out. Five fouls in college basketball, you're out. So it's the rule. It doesn't matter what certain interpretations are of the rule. You broke the rule. You pay the piper. If I speed, if I'm doing 150 mile an hour, officer, my foot was just stuck to the accelerator. Sorry about that. I won't do it again. He's not going to buy that. I'm going to get my ticket or my free trip to jail. So it's in all facets of society. You know, it doesn't matter if it's sports. Doesn't matter in in any length of society. It could be just anything. Marriage, way you raise your kids. You break the rules, you pay the price. I agree with you. And uh, what we were talking about, I think it was before the break, was the fact that the Hall of Fame is run and by Major League Baseball. Is run by Major League Baseball. So I think that's why the ban has continued. Would you agree that because the Major League Baseball actually owns, and I know it's for the fans, but do you think that's why well, it's not writers, in the Hall of Fame? The writers are who votes players into the Hall of Fame. After X amount of tries, they don't get the percentage of votes. Then they wait a few years, then the Veterans Committee uh, takes over, and, and sometimes they vote somebody in. It's not very often the Veteran Committee do, but I think all the performance-enhancing players, uh, I think the precedent's been set that they're done. They should be done, and like I say, I don't believe A-Rod's going to slip under the uh, radar. I think He's arrogant enough to believe he will, but I just don't see it happening. Now, but um, the baseball writers vote on it, but the steroid guys are on the ballot. Pete Rose is not even put on the ballot. That's in the right. hands of the commissioner. And one of the big reasons to me why he's not has been so stubborn about this, and this may change with the change right. of the commissioner, but you got to remember Bart Giamatti, who, who banned him, right. died eight days right. later and was also a close friend of Bud Selig's. And Selig, I kind of always thought in my mind, somewhere under that greasy toupee of car salesman hair he has, was that he wanted to keep, for what a friend of his who passed away, just keep his legacy, not let it happen and stay stubborn for those reasons. Right. Well, he's yeah, like he I say, Rose is banned for, theory. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying that he's like... You know, Rose is banned for baseball. You know, there's no way he can get on the Hall of Fame ballot as long as he's banned. But, I mean... It, if he ever gets the band lifted, which I don't foresee happening in, in his lifetime, not in Rose's lifetime, but uh, then it's maybe the riders, down the you know, years the down the road something will happen. If he's put on but, the ballot, then the voters have to still vote him in. He's just because he's on the ballot doesn't mean he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Right. Yeah. It's just like uh, the, P, uh, the enhanced players. They're on the ballot, but they're, none of them getting voted in. So it's it's the same thing. But that gave you all a little food for thought, so uh, I'll hang we, up now we, we if you want to discuss that. more. Thank, all right. Th- thank you for the phone call. All right. That was a good phone call. Intell- you know, intelligent caller. A lot of times callers are, you know, not very A lot of times we get callers like Chris Gary. Yeah, like Chris Gary or somebody like that. But, <laughs> you know, that was another Gary, and that was very intelligent, very well thought out point. So uh, thank you for the phone call there. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, some it, sometimes though we have to admit it's no longer black or gray. It's not black or gray, but sometimes it is. You mean I, black or white? Was black gray. or white? Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you. I don't. I can't. I can't color today. Sorry. So, um, it's all good. But um, you know, that takes us to, to the next topic. I think it's a great segue. 
for uh, for Tom Brady. Of course, we'll we'll start this out on this segment. We'll continue it after the break. But uh, the Tom Brady uh, appeal was heard. Uh, it took ten hours. Who who thought it'd take ten hours to read? But apparently it did. Of course, of course, it also was grilling and stuff like that. But you know, they did not have their complete idiot book of appeals for dummies. That was the problem. <laughs> so some people but, read slower than others. Being kind, that's now. true. That's true. <laughs> Trevor's still reading our script from our from our promos. <laughs> I am. I'm a very slow reader. I'll admit that. But uh, you know, here's the thing. All right, and I want to. I want to get into part of this now, and I, the parts I want to get into are the Wells report. There were several reports calling this week. Now, keep in mind, just like with the Pete Rose thing, like I said, these cases are related in the way that the media reacted to them, and I think you're seeing 10 years later and five months later, 10 years, of course, being Pete Rose and five months, of course, being Tom Brady. Um, but there's there's a little bit of a faulty science they're saying, and I don't I don't agree with that. And here's the thing. They're saying that they were using two different gauges in the Wells report. Yes, okay. Uh, That can definitely throw off a scientific test. You always want to keep stuff exactly the same, as much the same as possible. What they were saying, one of the things that they were were saying is that they used different times to warm up the balls. No, you can't do that because that throws off, that throws off your, if you warm up a ball, Three hours later or four hours later, and it was only tested forty-five minutes, uh, forty-five minutes before game time. You can't. You have to throw that out. That's not part of the scientific method. Scientific method is to test one variable throughout, and, to, and what you're testing against to keep the conditions the same. So that is the scientific method. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. I I've got a degree from University of Louisville that says that I know what this is. Sure, it might have taken me like six years to get it, but I mean, I still I still got it. You know, and and I'm very well versed in the scientific method and science. One year less than Tommy Boy. <laughs> That's one year. Well, in my defense, I, I was trying to shoot for pharmacy school, and I got waitlisted several times. But uh. yeah, but and I took me a little bit longer to figure out what I wanted to do after that. I eventually went with science and biology. So, but these the here's some of the things that we were going on to. There were two, and I'm going to tease this, and then we'll finish this up after the break. And you can give us a call, 348-1450. And that's the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram line, uh, Buzz Line. We want to hear your thoughts on Pete Rose and Tom Brady. And here's the tease going into the break. There were two reports that said that they could destroy the Wells report that I can destroy. So what are those two reports? Find out after the break here on Triple Thread Talk. Do not touch that dial. Killing it behind the glass. Yes. Little Beatles. Little I like Beatles. it. Like a little pre-LSD Beatles. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. I do like the Beatles. I love the Beatles. The Beatles are great. In my, in my opinion, greatest band ever. 
in, in my humble opinion. Are you okay with the fact that the Beatles are a boy band, no different than 98 Degrees or Backstreet Boys? They're, they're, uh, they are completely different They're scenarios. the original they're early, boy band. Their early stuff, the pre-LSD stuff, including this, was your cookie-cutter boy band music well you know back back in the day though i mean it was john i mean it was john paul ringo i mean come on and george i mean come on you you just you it was the beatles you know when they come when 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 johnny first said when when on the johnny carson show you know ladies and gentlemen the beatles from then on it was america beatle mania i mean and see the thing back then ed sullivan show yeah thank you ed sullivan show i'm a little bit younger so it's okay um but yeah thank you ed sullivan show two years older than you by the way when when they (laughs) said that you know that started beatle mania now here's the thing men today do not listen as a rule do not listen to boy bands but back then it didn't matter who you are they ushered in the new classic rock era I mean, it was the Beatles. Well, they opened up the uh, the uh, British Invasion. Yeah, the well. British Invasion. I mean, and there were some great bands in that, too. The Who. I mean. I'm not going to lie to you. I do have five seconds of summer on my iPod. I'm and, assuming that's a boy band. I don't know. And, and we just kicked Jimmy out of the studio. <laughs> I'm just I'm saying. Is that, is, that, is that a song by. Uh, it, it, no, it, that's, a, that's the name of the band. It's a boy band. You'll have to look them up. But I'm just saying. Sometimes boy bands What's do creepier, put out that good you know music. that as a thirty-year-old man, or because you actually like the song. I mean, I like this song. I mean, you don't because you don't have any kids, right? No. Okay, so anyone, a thirty-year-old man with no kids should not know the name of boy band. It, <laughs> maybe not, but when you listen to the like all music, like I like all music. So I know your windows are tinted in your car. Should I be worried? <laughs> no, my windows aren't tinted. Okay. Actually. No, they're not actually. He, does drive, he doesn't drive a van though. I, I just yeah, I don't. I don't live in a van down by the river. I'm good. <laughs> so, I, I'm hoping you just looked Googled that boy band you, name before while we were talking. You, you know I will what, show though? it to you on my iPod. You, you know what though? I, I don't want to see what's Th- on your this iPod. This is the, like this is like things people should know. And earlier, Nick Coffey was saying like how he didn't know what Spaceballs was. Yeah, I was like, are you serious? Like Spaceballs is like. A, a cult classic. Yeah, but Nick's younger. Nick is only 27, 28, I think. I mean, so. I'm, I'm, I'm 31, and I'm I know what Spaceballs is. I, I'm, just, I, I'm more lean to your guys' side on the situation, but a lot of people don't uh, don't embrace the the, uh, the, the, the history of pop culture before they were on this planet like uh, others do. That, that's true. That That is very true. I'm, I mean, I, I know Nick's a busy guy, too. So. I, he is. I think Animal House is one of the funniest movies all time, but it's actually... You know, really before my time. Right. It came out in 78, before all, everybody's time in this. Yeah, so, time. but it's still a great movie. It's, it's a classic. great movie. Uh, you can check us out on Periscope right now. We got the Periscope app running, going what up. up. We can, hi, I'm rocking Louisville FC, the Louisville FC, uh, C, uh polo How they do the other day? I know you went they, to the game. They lost. The first, my first Louisville FC experience was a bust. Uh, they, they lost 2 mm-hmm. Uh But... There was a bogus offsides call that was called after, was. after Louisville after Louisville scored a scored a goal. It was a completely bogus offsides call. Uh, it's always the referee's the, the, fault. The New York team though was extremely physical. They had like four yellow cards. Well, they're from New York. What That's do you expect? True. That's true. They it's a rough were, place up there. They, they were they're their second ranked team too. They're like because they have an MLS team, mm-hmm. the New York Red Bull. This is the New York Red Bull two. 
So you know they're they're probably they're probably the, the mad that they're playing for the extra sponsorship. I wonder. I I I think they're pretty mad about. I think I think they're pretty mad about playing second fiddle. So are they are they the sugar free version? Yeah, they're the sugar free version. Okay. okay. <laughs> Before, if you want to catch us on Facebook, Triple Threat Talk. Um, check us out on there. Send us a message. Let us know. We're talking about Pete Rose. We were talking about Pete Rose. We went on Tom Brady before the break. For the break, I addressed the Tom Brady. There were two science reports that claim that they can debunk the Wells report. I'm about to I'm about to throw out some faulty uh, some faulty some faulty science on those two reports have, and it's not because I'm going on a, a witch hunt for Tom Brady, but it seems that everybody has flip flopped their decision on this case. Like because the initial knee jerk reaction was. He's cheated, you know. As time went on, he's cheated. He's still cheated, but it, we all agreed it was kind of a minor violation. It was, and it, it still is. But the fact of the matter is, as as the caller pointed out, uh, as Gary pointed out before the break, it's still a violation of the rules. So right. you can't, you can't. There's no disputing that cheating is cheating. Cheating is no cheating. matter how little or how big and, the situation. And keep in mind, I'm not reneging on my last statement either because that was a statement about cheating. You know, the whole Pete Rose thing, it, yeah, it's probably bent the rules, but I'm not talking about keeping Tom Brady out of the Hall of Fame for this either. So here's here's what happened. Scientist Michael Naughton, who is an expert in condensed matters physics, who's also a Buffalo Bills fan, so he's not. They throw that in there so that you know that he's a fan of a rival team. Uh, he lent his expertise to the matter uh, when the controversy initially blew up. Uh, Naughton's lab at Boston College inflated a football to 13.5 PSI at 72, Fahrenheit, 72 degrees Fahrenheit. Then they stuck it in a fridge and measured the pressure at 42 degrees Fahrenheit, slightly cooler than the low on game night of 47.7 degrees Fahrenheit. The average measurements from the two weather stations near Gillette Stadium kind of is where they get 47.7. Uh, the pressure then dropped to 10.5 PSI. Here's my problem with that. How long do they keep the balls in the fridge? That was not notated. And the ideal gas law states that as as pressure as as PSI is in over time into an inflated object with the cooling of the temperature as you as you get cooler it loses more inflation. Now, how long were the balls in the fridge? That was not noted in the report. Can't use that report when you're when you're debunking unless this is noted somewhere else. You can't use that report to debunk the deflate gate. Right, you, I agree. You can't do that. I agree. I mean, so, it, you're not providing all the evidence. It, it's kind of like it's kind of like just saying a report, just saying something and not backing it up. Yes, that's great that they're using stuff like 13 and a half psi, 17 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, but not 10 and a half psi. Not measuring the length of time that they're in the refrigerator that that can that can seriously flaw your results. Right, absolutely. I mean, and as it clearly states, if you don't have all the information, if you don't have all the facts, then it's it's not a true and legit report. Uh, the report is false. That's correct. Well, I, I wouldn't say false, but I would say flawed. And that's very important terminology because these are reports calling the Wells report flawed. So right. that's also something very important to keep in mind. So. A lot of mudslinging going yeah, on in this situation. Well, and it is too because you know people say and I've heard stuff like the greatest friend, the greatest quarterback of all time when it comes to when it comes to to Tom Brady. First off, you 
you, myself, and uh, Trevor all know somebody who once said very famously, to be the man, you've got to beat the man. Right. Woo! Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Absolutely. So Tom Brady has tied Joe Montana for four for four championships. Mm-hmm. So he is not the man yet because he has not beat the man. The GOAT right now is Joe Montana. All right? So Tom Brady, by my definition, is not going to be the man until he beats this. And especially now since his, his, this whole, his whole legacy could be slightly marred. Now, here's the other thing, the, the second part of the report. The second part of the report is HeadSmart Labs, a Pittsburgh-based engineering firm that ordinarily conducts research related to helmets and concussions, also turned its attention to the matter. Experts done by CEO Tom Healy, who's got a mechanical engineering PhD student and is a Patriots fan, as well as others in the lab who are not Patriots fans, simulated field conditions by placing 12 balls inflated to 12.5 PSI in a cold room for two and a half hours. So right there is the time factor. Right there is the time factor that we're seeing, okay? They said that they cooled the balls down for two and a half hours. Great. Awesome. There's, there, it goes on, though. Measurements revealed an average drop of 1.07 PSI, well within the range of the halftime measurements. Saturating the balls with water to mimic field conditions bumped the measurements down another 0.75 PSI. Um, that they concluded in a technical paper, head and this is saying HeadSmart has launched a crowdfunding campaign to raise research funds to further investigate the matter. So they want to continue investigation. Here's how I can shred this report. How can you measure the saturation of the field? Because the balls on the field are what? After each play, what well, happens to the they're balls? They're wiped off. They're wiped off and then what? And then replaced. They're, they're really replaced. Right. Very rarely are they reused for the same play for the same over play. and over. So you can't measure level of you can't measure field level saturation accurately once the ball is wiped off because you don't know how long the ball was exposed to the elements. So this is this is also a flawed report because the the same exact field conditions were not met when you're measuring PSI. Let's go to the phone lines right now. We got Gerald. Gerald, how you doing? Thank you for calling the show. Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing all right, man. Listen to the show, man. I have something to say about you know, about the Pete Rose thing. Sure, go okay? ahead. Now, understand one thing about Pete Rose. He's one of the greatest baseball players ever made. You know, he's Mr. Baseball. And I understand everybody don't want him, you know, basically for cheating. But what about the achievements he made before he was a manager? Think about it. No, nobody thinks about that. Everybody thinks about he's cheating. That's the one thing they think about Pete Rose, about him cheating, cheating, cheating. Nobody says nothing about his achievement. Cy Young, MVP, challenge pro, you know, pro balls. You know, and nobody gave nobody gives him no recognition for that. But then you get the uh, he and, and he wasn't even, he didn't have no sports enhancement drugs. But everybody that has sports enhancement tr- uh, drugs hasn't achieved anything to after they did it. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. Pete Rose did that before. He didn't have all that. And he achieved so much. But he's put out because he made a match. Since he was a baseball manager, he made a management, wrong management decision. And, you know, to that point, that's a very good point. That's an extremely good point. Gerald, hold the line. We're going to get you a uh, We're going to get you a free snack pack size. We're going to mail this to you. So, Trevor, can you get his uh, contact information for us, uh, for uh, his address, so we can and, mail this and out? And, Gerald, I want to yeah. ask you uh, real quick. Well, I, 
as far as you were talking about his accomplishments before, you know, him betting on baseball, uh, you're 100% correct. And in, in the doc read his stats a little earlier. Uh, you know, his stats, his hitting. He's in the 4,000 club. Uh, I totally agree. Now, the question I want to pose to you that I posed to Trevor and me and the doctor discussed, if it were you and it was up to you, would you put Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame as well? Well, I know because it's the same as letting A-Rod go in and anybody else that basically had those enhancements. Even though Barry Bonds did have achievements before he started taking them, but he... he He's still good. He did well on baseball, man. There's been people in the Hall of Fame and that have touched nothing in nothing in the world, but but a, a good apple juice with with spiked apple juice or something. And it made it made baseball history. Absolutely. So I'm sorry, but you know, Rose didn't take nothing to get his stats. Hey, nobody else. Hey, everybody else is saying the same thing. It's the same way on the football. Every everyone those balls, everybody's on an equal playing field. There's no advantages for nobody. The only thing that advantages is your heart, your skill, and what you learn. So, so then you would agree with the analogy that cheating's cheating, no matter how big or how small, right? No, no, it's basically it's not about cheating; it's about his achievement. It's about his achievement. I think, if I'm mistaken, I think what you're saying, Gerald, is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think you're saying that you would put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And that's what he's saying. So, but I put him. I'm trying, but I'm trying to make it a way that that is that 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 one thing won't blemish with all his achievements. Even though it's like like one bad thing can just mark off everything he did good. But and I agree it with that. Depends on how long. Like, go ahead. I'm sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. And it just seemed like even though I think it should be like a special placement for Pete Rose. So, you know, somewhere down the line and say, hey, this is what he's achieved, regardless of what he did on baseball. And besides, the man who started, he died eight days after he put a man on him. <laughs> Lift the bed. <laughs> hey. He ain't here no more. What are you going to do? Come back and haunt you? <laughs> <laughs> Gerald, thank you for the phone call. Hold the line. Trevor's going to get your information. We're going to mail We're gonna mail a couple of these snack packs to you. All right, my man? Thank you very much for listening to the right, show. All right, man. And we appreciate you. Gerald has some good points. You, you know, talking about the Cy Young MVP, stuff like that. We've got, um, he's got, you know, when, when he's talking about these things, his accomplishments, you know, Hall of Fame numbers. You know, Gerald has a point. I think Gerald's siding more along with myself, whereas Gary was siding more along with you. And, you know, it it, it really does speak volumes. Right. When, when it, it seems like it's a 50-50, yeah, it's one and one but it seems like people genuinely are split on the issue. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think uh, people are definitely split on the issue. I think, you know, as and his point is well taken. I agree who he should be in the Hall of Fame. I've said that from yeah. the get-go. My, my point is, if he gets in, I think Barry Bonds should get in. That's been my point uh, the whole time. I'm not discounting. And, and as Trevor alluded to, before Barry Bonds allegedly took – steroids he had hall of fame type numbers he didn't need to allegedly take the peds to make the hall of fame i think he was well on his way to a hall of fame career and then to gerald's point of pete rose had hall of fame numbers before he bet on baseball is absolutely true he's got hall of fame numbers before he bet on baseball and with that 
we're going to go to break here. Uh, and when we do come back, we're going to get more into this Tom Brady situation. We're not done with that. We're, we're welcoming your calls tonight. We appreciate those on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line at 384-1450. So get at us. Join myself, me and the doc. Triple Threat Talk. We'll be right back. 1450 The Buzz, WXVW. To you, girl. Step by step. No words. Well, welcome back here on no words. Triple Threat Talk, fourteen fifty. The Buzz WXVW. <laughs> Very <laughs> rarely am I speechless. Congratulations, <laughs> Trevor. <laughs> myself, Jimmy Biggers, and the Doc Gary Locker, along with the uh, excellent DJ, DJ producer Trevor, in the background. He's just still jamming. <laughs> still jamming. Is this, is this new kids on the block? That is correct. Uh, I, did, I did not know that. I just had a feeling. Oh, don't lie. You had to I, know that. I did not know that. <laughs> no, don't know. pretend like no, you no. didn't know When I told you were. that I listened to Linkin Park, uh, Fleetwood Mac, Tom Petty. Yeah, but that, you weren't listening to that. You, a, you weren't listening to Linkin Park when, you, when this was out no, because they weren't around. No, but I was around. listening to Tom Petty, and I was listening to Fleetwood Mac. No, you, what you, you don't understand this. I went to, I went, when I went to school, all right, I drove in my parents' car, and my mom always listened to country. And my dad always listened to classic rock when he took me. I li- that's all I listened to. I, I don't, you know, I was, I was the kid that did not know. I didn't know what current music was until probably I was in high school, I would say. Because, you know, I wanted to shoot myself because of the constant country. I still love, like, country, like, you know, like How Ketchum, Small Town, Saturday Night, Garth Brooks, uh, Reba McIntyre, Brooks and Dunn, stuff like that. But, you know, when classic rock is what I really fell in love with. I, I fell in love with classic rock. I, I, I absolutely, you know, it's what a good majority of my iPod is. And, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit it. Like, I, I you know. The, There's no shame in it being, like, classic rock. No, and, you but know, you're ashamed to admit that you wore a Batman T-shirt and you knew all the names of New Kids on the Block. I didn't do that though. <laughs> you wore overalls with the one strap undone. <laughs> no, don't, don't lie to me. No, I'm not. He, hey, don't lie to Trevor, me. Speaking of Batman, he, though, I did pick up the new Batman video game. He's, he's got uh, Oshkosh Bigosh. Uh, yes, I mean, come on, <laughs> uh, Arkham Knight. Nate, you know, you know, you know the new kids: Jordan, uh, Donnie. You know one more than I do. You know two more than uh, I do. Wall, not not uh, Donnie was the Wahlberg. Um, yeah, he's the one that set. Was he the one that set the Brown Hotel that on would fire? Be correct. That was Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> Wait, there's a Wahlberg in New Kids on the you Block? You didn't know that? Yeah, I don't Mark, know these It's things. Mark Wahlberg's brother. It's Mark Wahlberg's brother. brother. Well, I, know, I know there's a Wahlberg. He's also an actor. He's in Blue Bloods. He's in Blue Bloods, yeah. Oh, I did, is he? I didn't know that. I, yes. didn't, I did I not know he was in the New Kids on the Block, though. And he was also in one of the Saul movies. Yeah. yeah he was, Would you uh, like to play Don, a game? Donnie was famous before Mark. He Before Marky Mark, he was doing the Funky Bunch with his three <laughs> nipples and his shirt off. Speaking was, of, uh, it was Donnie Wahlberg. Speaking of Mark Wahlberg, I'm excited for Ted 2 this weekend. Yes. Yes. And then T- New Kids on the Block was made. It was invented basically by the same producer that created uh, um, uh, New Edition with Bobby Brown and Belle DeVoe and Ralph Transit and those kind of that comp- the boy band of the early '80s. Huh. The thing you do you know, learn- who New Edition is right. No, 
I can honestly tell you, wow. Trevor, I don't know who that one is. Wow. And you going to make fun of in coffee for not knowing Spaceballs. Spaceballs <laughs> is different. Spaceballs was, is a cult classic. New Edition was a great band. You know Bobby Brown. I know, I know Bobby, Bobby Brown, Brown is, you know, yes. Bob, Bell, 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 yeah. And yeah. 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 I mean, they were part along with, uh, like I said, Ralph Transit and uh, forgetting the, the uh, last I guess number. if you split them up by name, I know who they are, but I guess, you know. I know you've heard New Edition. You'll have to cue us up some new edition <laughs> on the next break. Don't, don't waste air time. <laughs> but uh, uh, before so, before we got into the break, uh, I think you wanted to talk a little bit more Tom Brady. Yeah, I was just you know we were talking Tom Brady. You know the the appeal lasted you know ten hours. Uh, Brady suspended four games. The Pats fined one million dollars. You know this is uh, no details of the appeal have come out just yet. Uh, apparently, during the appeal, though, Brady did come off as being genuine, earnest, and very persuasive uh, it, while he was while he was talking about every issue that was raised in the uh, league-sanctioned Wells report. A.K.A. everything he wasn't five months ago. True. Very true. Very true. So, so in saying that, uh, we we don't know the outcome of the appeal yet. We don't know any details. But to me, Doc, I think. When it comes down to it, for whatever reason, I don't know why. It always seems like the sun shines on the Patriots' rear ends. I think Tom Brady won't see a lick of suspension when this is over. I I disagree with that. I do agree with the fact that that uh, that the Patriots, for some reason, uh, the league seems to be in love with the Patriots. I I. I, I strongly believe that if the NFL could marry the Patriots. I think I think it would be bigger than the royal wedding. But it, I, I do think that he will see suspension, and here's why. With Roger Goodell completely missing on game serve for Ray Rice last year, uh, or this last season, and some of the over and some of the reactions uh, for different various placements of suspensions and and punishments for other players, such as Adrian Peterson, Ray Rice, and the like, Greg Hardy, you know, so on and so forth. I, I believe that. They can't do that kind of a thing again. I think if if Tom Brady serves more than a game, though, I'll be shocked. I think they've got to give him a game just to save face in all this. I I really do. But the, but the thing is, if you look back, history tells us every time there's been a problem and the Patriots have been involved with it, Spygate and uh, now Deflate Gate. Uh, they. Before this matter, they've gotten off basically scot free. I mean, they were taping the Rams before the Super Bowl, and nothing happened. So I mean, it, it's pretty ridiculous. Not I, true. They won the game. Well, <laughs> true, but obviously they won the game because they were taping the freaking practice. <laughs> so, but I mean, I, you know, I, and that point is well taken. Don't get me wrong, but I, I think that the league has got it. They got to save face at one point here. They can't keep sucking up to the Patriots. I, Goodell, of course they can. G- g- well, they can, but it looks bad, you know. I will. and you know, and we we want to hear what you think we, about this. Three eight four fourteen fifty is the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz line. Three eight four fourteen fifty. Check us out on Periscope. Find us on Facebook. Triple Threat Talk on Facebook. There, there's always been uh, backdoor handshakes. And corruption uh, intertwined all throughout. I mean, we've seen it for years. We've seen the scandals and things that have come up, whether it be in football, whether it be in basketball, whether baseball. You know, it it doesn't really matter. So to say that to save face, 
the NFL uh, needs to make this happen. I I say go look at the ratings from last year when they with the whole Ray Rice situation. Everybody thought the NFL would get affected by then. Hell, the ratings were even higher this year than they were ever before. The NFL is a machine. It is the number one sports entity in the United States, and it's close to being the number one entity in the world. Well, it's so, not. It's not. It. It's increasing. It's yes. catching up, but it's not close at all. Soccer by so, far is. So in saying that, I if they just brush this under the rug. Uh, I don't think anything's going to happen. I think people are going to be a, an outcry. People will complain, but I don't think they would be affected by it. If you're the commissioner of a multi-billion dollar league and you're wrong twice in a, two years in a row, don't you think Don't you think you lose your job? No, because he's been wrong more times than the 44th president, but that's well, neither here nor there. <laughs> here, here's Jimmy Carter? <laughs> <laughs> so... What poor Jimmy do to you? <laughs> he did houses for habitat, for God's sake. <laughs> but you know, I'm just it, throwing a number out there, Trevor. But, and, you know? and here's the thing, too. You know, he had to be aware. You know, I got into the science a little bit earlier. Ted McNow, Ted McCallick called himself the Deflator. It's like you know the Terminator, or, you know whatever. You know, he so called like, himself the Deflator. He's like the Patriots version of Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Come with me if you want to win. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's um, it's. It's, you know, when you got someone calling yourself the deflator, I mean, you got to, you know, maybe if Tom Brady was generally aware, which everyone maybe kind of seems to think, then you got to give him at least a game. And I think maybe he gets a a letter that, you know, someone Mike and Mike was saying earlier today, and I, I forgive me, I can't remember the name. They did say, you know, you give him a letter, maybe he's exonerated from this, but you got to still make him serve because if not... You, Goodell pretty much looks stupid and powerless because, you know, you, he's been, you know, the punishments are not matching the crimes Mi- lately. Minus minus the stuff he's done with trying to make the game safer from a health standpoint mm-hmm. and making it, you know, as far as like the concussion policies and this, that, and the other. Other than that, I haven't really been impressed with Roger Goodell anyway. Either. So... To me, if he doesn't do anything and they just sweep it under the rug or it's like water under the bridge and they just let it go. Let I, it go. I, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, I really wouldn't. And I, and I think, you know, we could see a suspension. I just, from past history, I don't think we'll see a suspension. I think uh, Tom Brady's appeal will be met. And I think, uh, you know, that four-game suspension will be wiped away. So uh, we we got about five minutes to the break. So Doc, I know the World Cup is hot and heavy. Oh yeah, and uh, you did go to the Louisville FC game the other day, but the uh, U.S. women, led by Abby Morgan, who scored a goal. Alex Morgan. Alex Morgan. Alex Morgan. Uh, see, I get them confused. Alex Morgan. Abby, Abby Wambach. Tells you so much. I watch soccer, right? Uh, led the way in beating Colombia yesterday two to nil because they don't say zero in soccer; they say. Nil. Why is that? Why do they say nil? It's just nil. Because it's not an American sport, so they stay nil. I mean, it's it was created elsewhere, and that's nil on the other side of the world is zero. Yeah, um, makes sense. But, you know, U.S. goals by Alex Morgan, who, by the way, is probably the hottest woman on earth, according to all men. We secretly had a meeting and voted her that. So I, I, think, um, I, I think that's a safe statement. I don't even know uh, what she looks like. 
Oh, you, you poor, you, you poor man, you. <laughs> I, mean, I don't watch soccer. It that doesn't much, matter. Doc. There are I, just things like, that you should know. <laughs> I, mean, I don't, I don't watch that. And I'm married. I don't make it a point to peruse and look at other women. You, you, oh, whatever. Don't tell me. Don't that. tell me that. It's like me believing him didn't listen to New Kids on the Block. And, well, that part is true. Yeah, I sure. I promise you. You knew New Kids on the Block as much as I, he's got porn on his internet I, browser. I, will, I promise <laughs> you I will take a what a lie detector test, and you can ask me if I ever listened to that, and I will pass it. And she is hot, though. I'll give her that. Yeah, she, she's incredibly. I wouldn't kick her out of bed unless she wanted to sleep on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> she scored a goal at the 53-minute mark. Uh, the woman of the match, however, went to Carly Lloyd for her goal at the 66-minute mark. U.S. did beat Colombia to advance to the Elite Eight of the Women's World Cup. Uh, they joined China, Germany, France, Australia, Japan, England, and host country Canada. What's that all about? Uh, wait a minute. France is still there? France is still there. Dude, they put the smackdown on Mexico when we were here. It was 4 nil at halftime. They, they, they haven't w- waved the white flag no, yet? No, I think that happens when they're down by a point. Well, if they're usually, down by a point, they're, they're going to throw when, in the white flag. Usually when times are tough, they run with their tail tucked between their or legs. Or they headbutt somebody. Yeah, they headbutt somebody, you know, wave the white flag. But see, right now though, the women, the women for France, they're 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 carrying around razors anyways, because you know they got to kind of keep it. You know, usually women don't in France don't shave their armpits, but you know, right now they kind of have to. Fact I didn't know. And it's and true. Nor do I care to know. And that's you know things things to help you sleep at night. Uh, that definitely does not help me <laughs> sleep at night. That's for sure. <laughs> but I mean, you know, the, the World Cup's very exciting. You know, it's it's you know whether it's. I think there's a lot more interest in women's soccer than there are of other women's sports. You know, I, I, I appreciate women's sports. I'll watch, you know, stuff like volleyball, um, basketball, and things like that. But I think overall, I think overall, it's reversed. People prefer the men's sports, and I do too. But I, I won't ignore women's sports like like some people do. Lingerie football league. Um, and yet you don't look at other women. I'm, I'm just <laughs> saying you said uh, women's sports. I was throwing it out there. Yeah, you know, you know. There is a WNBA, guys, in case you're wondering. There is. There is a WNBA. There is. Yeah. yeah. I don't watch that either. There's women's softball collegiately. Yeah. Collegiate, yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. that is actually very awesome yeah, women's to watch. Softball women's is, softball I could is not freaking throw, competitive. I could, not competitive. Throw, I could not throw a softball underhanded to save my life. So they. You can't throw it overhanded. <laughs> It'll go two, three feet. Oh, wow. I, I, I don't know how they do that, that whole wind-up thing. It's crazy. I'm like, how are you not like throwing your arm it's, out of socket every time you throw the ball? It, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, they've got to have Tommy John surgery before they're 30. I, mean, I, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't get it. It's, it's kind of nuts. I, I agree. So so we got eight eight teams left. Yeah, we got eight teams left. Uh, it's going to be played out. It's going to be very competitive. Um, I mean, once you get to this, once you get to this level, I mean, anything is, can happen. Anything can happen. And here's the thing: before we go to break, Team USA, as good as they are, they're nothing. They're nothing over the top special. You know, they're they're pretty vanilla. They're a vanilla style offense and a vanilla style defense. But that just goes to show you that that just goes to show you that at this level, you know, you stick with what wins. And you know, they're while they're not impressive, they are because of some of the things that they because of some of the things that they can do offensively. They they're pretty good at getting to their strikers, pretty good at, at crossing the pitch. They're 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 fantastic at dribbling the ball. I mean, it it is it is spectacular to watch the women's soccer team at work. It really is. Absolutely. So if you want to get at us, feel free to do so on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line three eight four fourteen. 50. Tweet the show at Triple Threat Talk with one T in between the threat and the talk. Email the show 
Gmail, triple threat talk 11 at gmail.com. Or other ways to find us on Periscope, as the doc likes to load us up each and every week on the old Periscope. You check out my sweet Louisville FC shirt. There you go. So with that, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about U.S. Open and uh, some guy named Jordan Spieth. Who's that? I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out after the break. Triple Threat Talk, 1450 The Buzz. We'll be right back. Everybody's broke, Bobby's got a buck. Put a dollars worth of gas in his pickup truck. We're going 90 miles an hour down a dead end road. What's a hurry, son? Where you gonna go? We're gonna howl at the moon, shoot out the light. It's a small town Saturday night. It's a small town Saturday Triple Threat Talk, 1450 The Buzz, WXVW. Wait up with the finger down next time. I haven't... Uh, there you are. <laughs> you run here. I, you, I didn't I, catch your first sentence. Ah, I haven't heard that song in forever. Thank you. That We, we could just keep on playing that song. I've never like. heard of it. But see, I don't I don't, I don't black out entirely during the show. I heard you mention the name Hal Ketchum. <laughs> that, was, I, that literally, that's, that brought me back. I haven't heard that song in forever. You know... He had a, a nice role. early '90s mullet going on, uh, circa. How catch him? Yeah, oh, but yeah. He, he sings country, so he gets away with that kind of thing. Oh, is it? Is yeah, that, is that's that what, the, If you're like a country boy, you can get away with rocking a mullet. I well, guess. In the early '90s. I'm assuming this came out, and uh, looking at the music video, I'm going to say '91, '92, maybe. You know, he actually had a role in the new Maverick in the Maverick movie with uh, Mel Gibson. The movie that was based off a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually yeah. a good movie. James it Gardner is. was also in it, reprising his role as Maverick's dad. Well, no, he actually played Maverick. Yeah, yeah he, he played, played Maverick. Yeah, you're right. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he was one of the bank robbers that blew the uh, the blew the safe. How Ketchum was. Oh, okay. In, in the Along with one. who? Do you know who the other one was? I do not. So Danny Glover. Oh, Danny Glover was in that movie. You're yeah, because right? he pulls down his yeah. mask and he yeah, looks at and Mel Gibson looks at him and gives that kind of huh. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense with the whole lethal weapon yeah, thing and yeah, all. Of course, yeah, I think I'm not mistaken. I think Glover maybe even doing his old uh, "I'm getting too old for this bleep" uh, line. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say bleep. Closer to stuff. Absolutely. So uh, this past weekend at Chambers Bay Golf Course, that according to some of the golfers was oh, this is just horrible. The conditions and I agree. I, it did look like my front lawn. It, 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 <laughs> it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. But uh, your your professionals suck it up and play the game. And, but you know, uh, to, to one of their points though, too. You know, you know, you you don't you don't play the NBA finals with holes in the backboard and nets that aren't there. I mean, you 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 still play with the tools. That's true. But uh, in yeah. go- golf to me is a little different because. Of the different challenges. I mean, if this is the way it looked when they go to the British Open in a couple weeks, we probably wouldn't hear a word because they're like, we're used to that. But because it was a course here in America, it was the U.S. Open, a lot of the guys were like, well, I guess we're playing two British Opens this year. Well, here's the thing with that, just just, just so you know. I mean, because that point is extremely well taken. I don't want you to think I'm arguing against that point. I'm not. Here's the thing, though. I think you are. There was, there was no... <laughs> There was no grass at Chambers Bay to cling to the ball. I went on a golf trip this year, okay? Me and my dad, we go mm-hmm. sometimes, we go with a bunch of guys that I work with or they used to work with and the people that we know. Go to Gatlinburg. Com- course is completely burnt out. If you don't get grass to cling to that ball, there's nothing to slow it down. What that means is 
you get crazy stuff like what happened to Dustin Johnson on the 18th green. So when you hit a ball, okay, if you hit on a dry patch with no, there's where the grass is dead, like this is here, because it used to be a rock quarry. Literally, it looked like one, and it used to be one. <laughs> um, there's nothing to cling to the ball to slow down a ball when they hit a bad shot. So what that means is, if you hit a ball where exactly where you want it, the port, the force of impact of the ball is supposed to stop it or slow it down. And as it rolls, it's only going to roll a little bit longer because the gla- the grass is clinging to the dimple of the ball. It's not happening that the course is burnt out like what happened at Chambers Bay. While this did play like a traditional Lynx course, it mm-hmm. did not act like one like you would see in Scotland or Ireland because they have very grass that is very much alive. So that's but, the key difference. Uh, I think the thing for me is the the fact that you know like when you when you're talking about when they hit the ball not obviously the putter there's not really you can't use anything else but the putter in that situation right. but in other cases why not dial back on your club selection and try your best to play to the play to i guess the standards or play to what was given to you you can't do that not not when not when there's nothing to slow the ball. There's a course in town called Tanglewood. Right, okay? but what I'm what I'm saying Go is ahead. okay. Uh, you're talking about you know to slow the ball down. Right. Okay, so if just throwing numbers out there, I don't know. So if you if you use a five iron mm-hmm. and you can hit the five iron two hundred yards. Okay, but because of the conditions of the course, mm-hmm. if you use the five iron, the ball is probably going to go two hundred and forty yards, but you don't want it to. Why not dial back to the four iron, use a little less force to try. I'm not saying it will help, but at least try to make up for the difference. Because if you lower the club, you're going to get less yardage than if you stick with the club you normally would work. And I know caddies were having all kinds of trouble. Caddies were struggling mightily because they were talking about the winds were coming in the mm-hmm. wrong directions. It was forecasted, and you know the 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 condition of the course. I mean, it was rough. It, right. it it was rough, but when it boils down to it, Doc, at the end of the day on Sunday, the man of the hour was the same man of the hour that we saw at Augusta a couple uh, back in April. So, you know, obviously he's got the right thing going on. I'm talking about Jordan Spieth, right. who picked up the win, his second consecutive major. Also, in that effect, Roy McIlroy played like crap for like two days, but he was on fire the third and fourth day, right. came charging up the leaderboard, finished top ten. So he was slowly getting acclimated to the course, figuring things out. And if you look at the final leaderboard on Sunday, minus the debacle that was the 18th hole with Dustin Johnson, the cream rose to the top. The guys that have been performing well so far this season, Start to me— Started performing right. well, so the great ones were figuring it out, and that's and that's what you would expect from from the great ones at the golf course, you know. And you know, it it, it really does show because you know they do adapt. The great ones adapt to the uh, adapt to it, but there's not much room you can do. There's nothing more you can do whenever the the grass isn't there. I mean, it's like they were playing on a gravel pit. But I, I do understand what you're saying as far as you know, Jordan Spieth. Man of the hour, he did right. played fantastic. And, you know, and and you know what I what I thought was funny was Adam Scott's group went in at like what three or four o'clock Eastern. He had a three under, and for a while it looked like three under might have been enough. So he had to stick around until until that other group finished. Uh, you know, with uh, 
<clears throat> until the last group came in because you know he he very well could have won that absolutely or, yeah or, or been forced to a playoff <laughs> so he was sticking around but uh, you know Jordan Spieth definitely getting it done Ju- Dustin Johnson had oh. a chance to to miss uh, he had the eagle that would have won and he then he, he could have won, won with or the tied eagle, or tied with the birdie the birdie would have tied him. And instead, he three putts and loses by one stroke wow. to Jordan Speed. As impressive as Jordan Speed's play was, though, mm-hmm. going down the stretch, as, as the drama going down number 18, Jason Day, I think, was the story of the tournament with what happened with Jason Day. Don't you think? Do you agree with that? I would say so. I mean, he, he battled all those problems. He had the problem with vertigo. Uh, I've had vertigo in the past. I had a spell of it in the past. It's nothing to mess with. It's no laughing matter. Right. And uh, to give you an ideal of the experience of vertigo that I had, and this is this won't say how he felt, but to kind of give you an ideal, if you don't know what vertigo is, I was driving in a car, and I'm like, holy crap, I need to slow down. I'm going like 100 miles an hour. And I look down at the speedometer, I'm barely cracking 20. And I'm in a 35-mile-an-hour speed limit, but you're just like, you know, holding on. I'm like, my God, why am I going so fast? I'm going to get pulled over. I'm going to jail. And then you look down, you're you're doing 15 below. So vertigo is some crazy stuff. It, it, it's very serious. I can only imagine trying to golf in a major championship with vertigo. Yeah. It had to be crazy. You know, and like you, when you and I read, like when you're reading your notes right now, you know, you're looking down, right. okay? When I'm looking at my computer over here, I'm looking down, or I'm looking, you know, at an angle at least. Mm-hmm. You know, Jason Day had to bring his notes straight up to his face, so because he wasn't moving around. Now, the treatment for vertigo is a medication called meclizine. It's often used for motion people who are in motion sickness. One of the side effects is it's drowsy. It causes you to be drowsy. So when he's taking this medicine, I guarantee you, he called every single expert in the book to line up appointments for Monday and Tuesday. But while he's on this medication, he's drowsy, and it looked it on Sunday. On Sunday, you could definitely tell. On Saturday, I think he's run on an adrenaline, you know, adrenaline mixed with maybe the vertical. On Sunday, though, walking gingerly, walking straight out, you know, he lost a lot of steam. He went in, I think, if I'm not mistaken, at five or six under, he finished it even. So he was battling for, he was battling for, and it was definitely a scary moment on Friday, kind of backtracking a little bit. You know, that camera's on him. And he's, uh, you know, the camera's on on him as he's walking down. All of a sudden, you know, he goes down. You know, it's no laughing matter. We, we had a uh, listener chime in via the text line and said uh, it's also a good movie. Oh, yeah, Vertigo? Yeah. <laughs> that person's movie, taste in movies is extremely poor. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't say. I've never seen it. it, so. it we do got to still, we still have a couple of snack packs to give away from Buffalo Wild Wings. If you want to be part of the show, we encourage that. Oxmoor, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Buzzline. Uh, um, 384-1450. That's 384-1450. You can check us out on Periscope. Hi. Triple Threat Talk Broadcasting Live. Facebook, Triple Threat Talk. Uh, or you can tweet us or text. text tweet. Whatever. I know you don't tweet. I don't tweet. I you don't, don't do tweet. the Twitter. I like putting the in front of things because it, 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 it's funny. You know, it gives a comic effect. Is that what it is? Yeah, it is. Absolutely. I like it when so, you put the in front of stuff. So, uh, you know, Jordan Spieth picks up the win. Uh, his reaction, uh, he didn't really, when he won, I think uh, he had the reaction of, wow, what just happened? He felt, you could tell he legit felt horrible for what happened with Dustin Johnson. Yeah. I think in his mind, 
when he was standing there, in his mind, he thought, at worst, we're going to a playoff on Monday. 18-hole playoff, too. Yeah. And, and I think that was his way of thinking. And he was like, I'm either going to lose or we're playing on Monday. And he was probably already mentally preparing himself to play on Monday. And when Dustin Johnson missed that second putt, you could see in his eyes and his face, he was like, he didn't look like a guy that just won the U.S. Open. And it was crazy, you know. The only people that looked like they were cheering were his mother and, like, one other person. Even his dad had a look of, like, holy crap, you know. It was just insane to see. But luckily for Dustin Johnson, he does have Paulina Gretzky, so. And Wayne Gretzky. It's it's not all bad. It's not all bad. No, absolutely no. not. You got a Gretzky in the family. That's pretty legit. But, but what do you what do you say you know in, in his eyes uh, Wayne's sitting there wa- watching Dustin play and he sees him three putt and he's like dude I scored I had over 200 points in one season and you can't make a 12 foot putt really well like really? I said though the greens read weird you couldn't see the lines in the greens there's no grass right there to cling to the ball that's a huge factor and, you know, like your analysis earlier, the the grass holding to the ball is a huge factor. It 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 is. I cannot tell you. I would hit balls when I went to when we went to that golf trip, I would hit a ball, it would hit a spot, and it would roll off about, you know, twelve, fifteen feet away a lot more than what it would. Because if that grass hits the ball and starts clinging to it, mm-hmm. it slows it down within a matter of seconds. You know, th- it doesn't happen when there's no grass there or when the grass is burnt. So, you know, when, when you're putting these, it's hard to compensate for the line. And sometimes the shadows play tricks on you. That is up to the player. Right. Determining the shadows and all that stuff, finding the line. That's up to the players. But, you know, Gretzky's probably played around a golf or two in his Gretzky life. Gretzky plays. All he yeah. does is play yeah. golf anymore. Yeah, I was being sarcastic. Yeah, he's probably played a game. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's the same as hockey except for the, the club's not as big. <laughs> so, so should we... Should we fire our expert golf analyst? No, nah, we'll keep him. If anything, if anything, you know, sometimes younger women find find older men adorable. Oh, okay. I think we keep him around for that matter. Because I mean, he did say on the show last week, Jordan Spieth is probably going to be looking to find his own way. Right. You know. You and, know. And and <laughs> and so I mean, he he gave him no. In the words of Vince he, McMahon, he gave him no chance in hell. So even. Even the great ones are wrong every now and then. And make, make no mistake about it. John Ashton is the man, the myth, the legend, John Ashton. Well, that's true. So, that's you true. know, you can hear we, we, John Ashton here on this very station on Sundays. Yeah, those weekend golf guys yeah. at noon yeah. on Sundays noon right on here Sundays. on 1450 yeah. of the Cheap Buzz. Plug. That's right. Give me $5. I want <laughs> so uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little NBA draft. And I expect those phone lines to light up at this point in time because we got a couple of local boys going to be a- drafted. Absolutely. So and give us a shout calls. on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. Tweet the show at Triple Threat Talk, one T between the threat and the talk, or send us an email, Talk 11 at gmail.com. We'll be right back. Triple Threat Talk, 1450 The Buzz, WXVW. I don't know what this is. Is that... Uh 
the band I requested from the 80s. This is New Edition, Bobby Brown and Company. All right. See, this there's New Edition. Song. Ask You Shall Receive. See what tra- what a guy Trevor is? Man. Telephone man. It's, 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 there's something wrong with my line. <laughs> and I dial my baby's number. Wow. <laughs> I get a click every time. Nice acapella rendition, well, by the way. I think I actually like your version better than that one. I'm like William Shatner doing Rocket Man over here. <laughs> there we go. He's He's a I'm a rock man. it man. Yeah. Welcome back here on Triple Threat Talk, 1450 The Sports Buzz. Uh, we're going to get into a little NBA draft here in just a second. But before we do that, Trevor, i got to ask you, I know some news came out today that you're not too thrilled about. Your uh, beloved Pacers, uh, David West, has elected to opt out of his contract. Yep. Uh, and seek free agency. Are you surprised by that move? And what is your take on it? Not as surprised one bit. They were they wanted to. The, the, the Pacers want to go in a different direction from the last couple of years. They want to be uh, not only younger, but they want to go into a more uh, like the Warriors smaller lineup, up and down lineup to the point where you might even see Paul George play power for this year. Don't be surprised if uh, you see Roy Hibbert not decline his player option as well in the upcoming weeks. So yeah, I'd like to see him resign. But for David West, one of my favorite players, I'd like to see him go somewhere and and have a chance to win. I'm sure he wants to be somewhere where he they obviously just need someone to kind of come off the bench. He doesn't have to play major factor like he was even forced to last year because of injuries. But I'd love to see him come back to the, to the Pacers, and I can break out my uh, number 21 jersey again. But if he does leave, it'll go into the closet next to my Reggie Miller, my three Reggie Millers, my Rick Smiths, my Chuck Person, my Ron Artest, my Jermaine O'Neal, and you're, you're, uh, my – which one? Which one did you who R- me on? Ron who? Ron Artest. What? Make a real piece. No, there you go. Uh, <laughs> and and so on, so yeah, forth. There's there's no shame in three Reggie Miller jerseys. You can actually still wear those. I can. I even know the yellow one looks kind of goofy. It's a little tight fit on me now. Huh. It's, all, it's all good. Actually, yeah. the Smiths is pretty tight fit. So is a Chuck Person. I would look. Uh, look kind of like uh, you know. I don't know. Probably Shaq in his Cavs days wearing a medium jersey. It's a scary thought. Because he doesn't have a Chris Mullins jersey. <laughs> I don't even know. Number 17 did. He did don the 17 for the Pacers for his last three years in, his, in the league, but I don't have one. All right. So and another big uh, opt-out today. Kevin Love opts out of his deal with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't think that was really a surprise there. Hey, yeah. re- remember last year when we were on Blog Talk Radio? Mm-hmm. And what did I say about the Andrew Wiggins thing? I said that was going to be the worst thing they ever did. And it turned out to be. Uh, yeah. So, what up? That's right. So, six, he a uh, $16.7 million. He's leaving on the table to return to free agency next season. As Doc alluded to, when uh, this deal happened with Andrew Wiggins last year, he said it's going to turn out to be the worst deal they made. And I think Doc's right. I think, obviously, by this, uh, Andrew Wiggins was probably obviously still be there. And now Kevin Love is gone. Uh, so you know where do the Cavs go from here for a big man? Well, he opted out. You, you, he didn't say I'm not coming back. Just because you opt out doesn't mean you're not going to resign. Right, but you can still when you're opting out though. I think it's pretty much telling everybody you're not coming back. There have been notable exceptions. Don't get me wrong, but I think it's one of those things that that when you opt out, it does not bode well because also you know you go to free agency, you can start entertaining other offers. You know, that's kind of like the first bell in the chime of bells that goes on there. But no, it's nor- normally, but it still doesn't mean the window yeah. is completely shut. And you're shut. absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. So uh, the NBA up. draft is tomorrow night. Uh, we, we, we've, uh, you know, the big, the big deal, who will be drafted number one? 
Will it be uh, Kentucky's own Carl Anthony Towns, or will it be Duke's Jaleel Okafor? Uh, many of the mock drafts out there, obviously this is speculation we don't know, uh, say that Carl Anthony Towns will be the number one draft pick uh, tomorrow night. A lot of people have Jaleel Okafor going number two to the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, some other uh, local flavor of note, the mock drafts have Devin Booker going number eight to the Pistons. Willie Cauley-Stein number 13 to the Phoenix Suns. Disagree. Um, Trey Lyles, number 20 to the Toronto Raptors. Disagree. <laughs> Whose draft are you looking at? Uh, Montrez Harrell, uh, number 25 to the Memphis Grizzlies. And I, I Terry agree. Rozier, number 27 to the Lakers. I think maybe swap those last two. Whose draft is that? That is courtesy of SI.com. That's SI? Mm-hmm. I I think I think if Collie Stein goes out of the top six, I'll be absolutely astonished. Well, I, the, the injury news has kind of had him fade a little bit. Yeah, I yeah. just I mean, it's still he's a beast. He can play any position. You know, he he's a he's power. I mean, he's he he's great in transition. What's not to like? I mean, he's just he can't hit a layup. It, well, he I mean, he it doesn't matter when he can <laughs> pound the block. I mean, you when, can when if you're on the block by yourself and if, you can't if hit you're, a layup. If, if <laughs> If you're on the block, why are yeah, you going yeah. for a layup anyways? Because the block is like three feet away from a layup yeah. position. <laughs> Bring yourself a flashback to those days you play in pickup and people gave you that nickname self-check. I was always picked up okay. last. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> remember that, remember you, yo, you thought that was cool because they gave you a nickname called self-check? <laughs> self-check. But that, that's, that's Willie Colley Stein. That's Trill. He, he can, is a self-check. He can, he can pound the block. He, he can crash the glass. Though. Yeah, he, I think he will. I think he'll go top ten. He's, he's a fantastic tra- transition player. The, the, the big thing I disagree on this list to me is how is Sam Decker a top ten draft prospect like and that. not Frank Kaminsky? I think uh, you're, the people did your list are a little uh, – I think they're a little high. I think they're high, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going courtesy of SI.com. I mean, I'm only going by what – when I did my research, this is what I used. Well, you might want to do some more research. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, Okafor, though, you know, getting back to this, you know, people people say, you know, why, why did Okafor start going down in his game – he had 51% from free throws. Uh, he's got a lot of defensive trouble. I mean, he, he's not a really good defender. His tourney stats, 20, he, 21 points to Robert Morris, 26. Uh, he went 26 to SDSU, 6 points against Utah, 9 with the Zags, 18 with MSU, and 10 in the championship game. But those were full games. Average, average over season is 17.3, and that's full games. Towns, 21 points against Hampton, 8 versus Cincy, 1 versus West Virginia, with that was 30, 13 minutes, though. 25 points against Notre Dame, 16 points against Wisconsin. What can we take by this? Town steps it up. He steps it up when you need him. You know, Okafor still kind of went on and played and played and played. And, yes, he's consistent, but he's also 13, 13, uh, 13 point. He had a 30-point game toward the very end. Uh, it looks like we got a caller on line one. We got Angelo. Angelo, how you doing tonight? Hey, hey, what's up? I want to make a comment about golf and then NBA if I can. Uh, on the golf, you know, you mentioned the kid, Spieth. I think he's a great golfer. But, uh, you know, like the difference, you know, I don't think we're going to see it. It's going to be a lot of long years before we see another Tiger type Jack. You know, these guys just, they, they, they want to eat your heart. They don't care, you know. Like, here's this guy. Why does he care if this guy blows it? You know, like you said, he should be, you know, uh, Tiger would have been eating some granola. Like, yeah, really, boy, what do you want? 
You know what I'm saying? It's like you got to have that, that killer instinct. And I don't think these kids today, they're great golfers, but I don't think they have that, like, you know, I want to just, you know, tear your heart out, you know, like Tiger. And in the, in the NBA, I think Towns and, and, uh, and uh, uh, Cauley Stein, you know, you know, when you're running through the SEC and you're blocking shots, I mean, it looks good, but, you know, you go up against Noah and these ferocious boys, these guys, man, they don't care about that, that college crap. You know, you know Howard, you, you think Cauley Stein's going to be blocking Howard's shot? I, it, when it comes down to that, as, as far as if, if Dwight Howard's going to be blocking uh, Collie Stein, I mean, experience is going to tell. I mean, these kids got to gain experience, but the fact of the matter is the NBA drafts on potential, right? So when they draft on potential, you're going to get experience. Yes, he's going to get owned by Dwight Howard his first couple times. He's probably going to get owned by, by uh, DeMarcus Cousins. He's going to get owned by a lot of people. But that's going to quickly come to a halt. I mean, it, it, when it comes down to it, Experience happens by playing. So you think when 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 you're playing a game, as you're gaining experience, you think Kobe started out great. I mean, LeBron even took a couple years to warm up. He didn't. I mean, it it, it really depends on when you're coming up to. LeBron's now the best basketball player in the world, but it's it, well, it takes time to get yeah. there. It takes time to get there. And and you, you know what you know what's interesting about LeBron. I want to make. A, I think thank you for letting me you know talk. Uh, uh, LeBron, this is the difference I see like, like with LeBron and like Michael. Well, a lot of differences, but okay. Like it's like judgment. Like, like Michael would have never let the NBA put him or, or Mike would have never been in the scenarios. You know what I'm saying? Like judgment, like, like doing the dunk contest. Like Michael instinctively said, I'm going to do it. And you know, he became a legend in that. Like, you know, I think I think LeBron is just too calculated. Well, what's in it for me if I lose? You know, like okay, instead of saying okay, I'm going to take you, Mike. I'm going to one up you. I'm going to go a foot from where you went. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like the young guys, they don't have that that I just want to eat your heart out attitude. And I think that's why LeBron. Okay, think about it. he's thirty. He's got to win four more. Okay, let's say he wins four out of six. He's going to be thirty-six years old. It's going to happen. Don't you agree? I, I I I think he will get close. I don't know if he'll get four. I don't know. I think he'll get two or three. I, I mean, four is because to me, Michael. Uh, to me, Michael's second best. I'm a Wilt Chamberlain guy. To me, I, I'm one of the rare few that put Wilt Chamberlain on top of Michael. And my reasoning is simple. And I'll keep it short because I know we're running a long time. It's just because if you have been time, and Angelo, I want to thank you for the call. Um, uh, Trevor's going to get you information. We are going to send you. We're going to send you a Buffalo Wild Wings uh, snack size, so Trevor, get your contact information. But Wilt Chamberlain had rules changed just because he existed. So to me, that means you're the man. Michael Jackson, Michael Jack, Michael Jordan hey. is uh, while Jackson is the man. Michael Jordan is definitely <laughs> is definitely in that conversation as well. Uh, but Michael Jordan, you know, he's to me, he's second. He's second. Um, but you know, I agree to disagree. It, but you know. but you know, it's one of those things. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, it it does. It it doesn't happen when, you know, just because people unanimous, almost unanimous, there's a small percentage of people who think Will Chamberlain is the best. I right. just happen to fall under that category. Right. You know, Michael Jordan is unanimously the best, and I definitely put Jordan ahead of uh, ahead of LeBron. But um, but yeah, I mean, it, Angelo is 100 percent correct. He, uh, you know, Dwight Howard is gonna is gonna own some people. Uh, right. You know, it's these younger guys. He just is right. 
And it's gonna it's gonna have one that comes. Well, that, everybody knows Everyone's that. I mean, gonna, very yeah. rarely, as you said, do they step right in, right, and, and start and, making and, a difference. And do they start making a difference? Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see where where it happens with each of these guys individually. Uh, I know, as you said, Will Carr, Anthony Towns, goal number one. I think so. The Doc thinks so. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see about the other guys from the Wildcats where they will go. And how uh, Montrez Harrell and how Terry Rozier will pan out. It'll all be very, very interesting for sure. And we will find out tomorrow night when it's all said and done. And, and we'll I'm talk sure about it next week. Yeah, we'll react to it. Do we agree? Do we disagree? Uh, should be should be fun. So that'll be good. There is one thing that Julio Okafor has over Carl Anthony Towns. And that is, he does have a championship. Yeah, he does have a championship. So, so but we're going to see how all that pans out. We want to thank everyone. We want to thank Gary, Gerald, Angelo, all for calling in on the show. Thank you for joining us tonight on Triple Threat Talk. We will be here next week, 8 o'clock. Be sure to join us. Um, and yeah, it was a great show tonight. Thank you for everybody. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you, Jimmy. On behalf of Triple Threat Talk, I am Gary, the Dr. Lockard. This is Jimmy, Postmaster Jones Biggers. See you next week. Triple Threat Talk.